0: to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com.
1: Pregame.com.
2: Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip. Vegas, baby. With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN. Can I call Marco Daddy? VR seems wild.
1: Welcome to the Sports Betting Podcast from pregame.com for the week of January 7th, 2009. I'm your host, RJ Bell. I'm joined by Marco D'Angelo, 30 years in the business, Vegas runner, a genuine professional better here in Las Vegas. This is segment one of five this week big game preview, Jets Bengals. Now, this is actually going to be my official free pick. Now, I don't want to make a big deal about this, <laughs> but I'm undefeated in 2010. Wow. And I'm leading. I'm leading the challenge here with you guys. <laughs> yeah. Um,
0: you are, have you ever heard the phrase "Every blind squirrel finds an acorn"?
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, all joking aside, is uh, I've just hit. You know, re- since the start of the football season, uh, I just went above what eight and seven. I guess you guys, though, losing last week, have been super hot. Marco, what's your? I'm uh, um, fourteen and five last nineteen. Fourteen and five, but zero oh and one.
0: And What, are you what am I? F- you are eleven, three, and one, sir.
1: And two oh, futures I'm- pending, which are now at home
2: getting rest. New England, New Orleans, and San Diego are like this right now.
0: And only
1: one, <laughs> yeah, for now. Uh, now, so here's the thing. Uh, actually, speaking of your futures, great stuff. You had the Saints at twenty-two to one, yep. San Diego ten to one. Yeah, both game of the years
2: bets. I put
1: five units like that. And was you my put four on, four on New on Orleans
2: yeah. and five on. Uh, San Diego. So, All right, so you
1: actually started a discussion in your blog about hedging those bets. Absolutely. So for those interested, check that out, pregame blog. All right. So let's get. I'm going to make my official pick on this game 1st though, tell us about the line. Yeah, th- because there
2: was a lot of strange movement in this game. Uh, Chris opened it up first, and what they put out was Cincinnati minus one plus a dollar ten. So they were forcing about you to lay one thirty. Yeah. So it's around minus two exactly, with a total of thirty four and a half. Money came in right away on Cincinnati, moved the line up to two and a half, then to three. When it got to three, that's when the wise guys got involved, took the Jets at plus three. Line has come back down now at two and a half and 34. But I do know for a fact they bought plus three because I know someone that bet it for them. So. All right,
1: so we don't know exactly how much of this is position taken, Exactly How much of this is legitimate, you know, or as you call it, true steam what we do know is it sounds like that the opener was too low and then when it got to three too high, too high. so it looks like the the wise guy line on this game is about two and a half exactly, and where it's as seen. of now exactly. who knows what's going to happen I right, Marco when you look at this game as a capper what jumps
0: out at you when I saw this line and I even on Monday asked you coming by my office what you thought the line would be personally I thought this line should have been four, four and a half in this game. I think this is a classic case where you talk about public perception versus reality. And the public perception is everybody saw the Sunday night game last week, saw the Jets just go full throttle, I might add, in that game, where Cincinnati didn't care at all, totally blew out Cincinnati, and now you've got an adjustment in this game, and Vegas Runner, you always talk about true steam and, you know, true line and, and stuff. This is one of those games, to me, that is, this is a classic case. What's the true value here? All right, so, I, so you're,
1: what you're saying is your true line on the game... Is Cincinnati four, four and a half? Yes. Okay, now let's talk about this because you've actually really opened, what you've done is taken (laughs) a concept that I think most serious batters understand and given it a name which helps conversations when you can name something. Is you talk about true lines and fair Fair lines. True lines is this is gonna split the Result. result And a fair line is going to split the action. Exactly. And whenever you have a difference, that's where you can really have great value. Correct. Now, what, what that concept has helped me understand with you, Marco, is when you think that, there, that the true, the fair line is off, that 's when you think the sports book is trying to force because by definition the fair line should split the action if if you think the fair line should be let 's just not talk about this game, but should be three, but it 's really five you 're thinking they want you to play the dog, so you want to play the favor yes, but when you think the 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 true or excuse me the fair line is right, but the true line is off that 's where you want to go with the value, so what would you put the Fair line at on this
0: game? To me, I think they should have opened this at the minimum of three and a half. You should have had... You always hear me say the But if that's the case, why isn't the
1: public pounding it at two and a half? The fact that it settled at two and a half and stayed does not tell you that the fair line at two and a half is probably close to correct. Though let's keep in mind, too, a vast majority of the action of the public happens on game day. So if there is a move to three or above on game day, you might be right. But the fact that the wise guys and the casual batters who are betting early aren't moving this to three, doesn't it say that the fair line really should be two and a half? And that's the
0: public perception? That's the problem I'm, I'm having with this game. I, I'm torn on this line because, you know, in most instances, if I would have just wrote this line down and said, Jets only getting two and a half at Cincinnati, and I used the phrase, pick the winner. You know, I would say, my God, they want you to take Cincy would be my initial reaction. But because they played last week and it was so lopsided, I think people are losing sight of what really went on. But
2: that game was on national TV and everybody saw J.T.O. Sullivan quarterbacking. Not Carson Palmer. I mean, Carson Palmer attempted eleven passes. So let me ask you, you VR. So I don't think the perception. Did you watch
1: again? Only the first half. After that, I didn't need to watch anymore. How how hard was Cincinnati trying in your mind? Because I've heard after the first series, they stopped trying because right. I've heard two different opinions. One is, how could Cincinnati have tried so little with with the third seat on the line? I've heard other people saying they really did try. No, after the first series, they gave up.
0: They, they didn't. Right. I felt they didn't try. And, and yeah. I'm going to throw something out there because I like to do this, you know, conspiracy type theory. Once they got to that game, they knew exactly because it was the last game of the day. They knew all of the playoff scenarios. Mm-hmm. But they had a chance for the third. They seat. had a chance for the third seat, but. They also had a chance that if they would have knocked the Jets out, they would have had to face Houston and Schaub instead of the Jets and Sanchez. So if, think, I, if, I'm, if I'm Cincinnati...
1: Well, that doesn't make any sense. Are you saying that Cincinnati... I mean, the Jets, the Jets are favored over Houston on a neutral.
0: Yeah, I'll tell do you you want what, a rookie quarterback or do you want the guy that led the that's league in one passing. factor. That's one factor. It's a huge factor. It's, a, it's an offensive the Jets, factor.
2: Are primed for this pl- game. I'm telling you, for the playoff game. This line to me is inflated. The, the Jets what? are the Jets are the better team. The wise guys did the right thing by grabbing the three. I'm going to tell you why. Strength of schedule number one. Jets eighth toughest schedule with a rookie quarterback. Just at nine because the seven. strength of
1: schedule is an ESPN
2: now. now. Uh, 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 you got to look at that in the playoffs. Cincinnati you got 19th. Then you look at how they're coming in. The Jets come in hot as anything. They've won four or five straight up and against the spread. What's Cincinnati done? They've lost three or four straight up and against the spread. Their defense, which they've relied on all year, has given up over 100 points the last four games. And they're 0-7 as a favorite, losing three of them games straight up.
1: All right, so, so this team's as I fake make, as they hold come. Hold on, hold on. i got to make my official pick.
0: I'm going with Cincinnati. I'm gl- and, uh, we got to go. Hold uh, on. I, go ahead. Him saying win in five of the last six, the only team that they beat in those that six that had a, a quarterback was Atlanta. They beat Carolina, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Indy that pulled all the starters, right. and then losing. Cincinnati that uh, didn't play any. Right.
2: And the only win Cincinnati had was against Kansas
1: City. All right, my turn. All right, <laughs> here we go. Cincinnati minus two and a half. It's really simple. Is The fact of the matter is the perception of that game – is affecting this line. I think it should be three and a half. I think you're right, and that's where the value is. It's that simple. I think it's, and who knows? I mean, it's gonna win 55 out of 100, maybe. But it's not as if you're wrong. I just think the line's a little bit off, and I also think there's one thing that hasn't been said yet, which is Jets tried hard. That means they showed most of their schemes Cincinnati went vanilla, they didn't show their schemes, and the fact that now we are benefiting from the perception that Cincinnati is inferior to the Jets, and Cincinnati's better poised now because they did go vanilla, that makes me like... They didn't see wait, nothing wait. from the Jets,
2: all they did was run the ball. Sanchez had 60 yards passing, all right, they you just want to bet? ran it You're, down their you throat. Want to, you want to bet this? Oh, absolutely. Nick that. Uh, it's up to you. The, I'll play the, the book. The dime, do the dime. <laughs> I'm down. Dying right here. I, uh, what's the line? Two and a half. I don't even I won't even wait for three from you. I'll just take the two and a half as it You're is. not
1: waiting for three. <laughs> two and a half. <laughs> two and a half. We got like our dime. back. My official free pick. Oh wow. Uh, it right, might good be two and Next up, we're gonna continue with our NFL big game previews. And remember, you can get all of our videos at pregame.tv. If you want to download and listen, just go to iTunes and search for pregame.com. For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit PregameAction.com. This is segment two of five, big game preview, Eagles at the Cowboys. As usual, give us your line move analysis on this game. Chris was the first to
2: put a number on this game. They opened it up Dallas minus three and a half with a total of 45. Less than 30 seconds, less than a minute for sure, the line went to four. Immediately and as soon as it went to four, then the rest of the offshore books felt comfortable about opening it up and they opened it up at four and forty-five as well. So someone got down at three and a half, but I'm not sure how much they could have got down.
1: And it's always fascinating to think about the concept of these guys waiting, waiting, waiting for that number <laughs> to open. Almost like a sale, one of those doorbuster sales. <laughs> Just waiting yeah, wait for the door to and open. And then the number comes out and they've got their number. And you know that guy that laid the three and a half probably had this game at four and a half. He saw the three and a half, said I'm taking it exactly. And it's who
2: gets their, fr- you know, these guys are each competing. It's not like it's a they're all together and they're working together. They're working against each other to get the best number.
1: Con- considering that Philly and Dallas are probably about equal when it comes to following. You wouldn't think the public's going to lean any way. Strongly though, the fact that Philly got dismantled makes you think that uh, there might be some Dallas money, but being above a field goal, you wouldn't think so. So my guess is this is a legitimate move. This wasn't getting ahead of public action. No, I don't think so. So wise guys probably have a slight lean towards Dallas. All right, now Marco you're actually making your free pick in this game. Your official free pick. Now both you guys are kicking butt on the free picks. Um, Why don't you compare uh, tell tells who you're playing and convince us. Well,
0: I'm going to be playing the total in this game. Uh, the one thing that I want to point out, the first thing that jumps out on this game when you do it, is this is the third meeting, and Dallas did beat them the first two meetings. You're going to hear, you know, at nauseam this week about how Can hard beat it is. you a team
2: three times. Three times
0: in a season, and me and you always disagree on that. But whenever it's two teams that that play, and I agree with you. Your thing is if somebody you're beats talking you to a, me now because for those listening on audio, well, this is true. Uh, R.J. always says, "Well, if I've beaten you twice and I beat the snot out of you, I'm going to beat the snot out of you again." You know, there's some merit to that. But when it's two teams that generally have a history of playing each other tight,
2: where well, it's not like me fighting Tyson and I'm due right. the third time to beat him,
0: <laughs> right? That <laughs> there is some, and the reason that there's some legitimacy in that theory is. When you're the winning team in a close game, what do you tweak in preparation? Because what you did worked. When you're the team that lost, you're the one that goes into the locker room and goes to the drawing board and makes changes because what you did didn't work. So it's, you know, it's an action, a reaction. So
1: yeah, but, but then the question becomes, if you have a proven commodity, but I take saying, hey, I got a guy that batted 400 last year, and he's not changing his swing at all, or I got a guy that batted 225, but he's changing his swing. I'd rather go with the 400 guy. Yeah, but, but what it,
0: they would do is pitch around you.
1: Fine, but we can bet any game we want. That, <laughs> all right, so, I listen, clearly there's valid cases both ways. I think one of the things people lose sight of in the win three in a row is it is hard if you start thinking from game one. Sure. Right. But once you're at game three, you've had 120 minutes of football to say this team is better. Now, especially in my mind with you know this game just last week was a dismantling. I mean, Dallas dominated this Philly team. Dude, they held them to 37 yards rushing. Man. When this Philly team... And, uh, was hyper-motivated to get the number two yep. seed. I think we've seen something here. All that said, it's a nice kind of general talk about, do you be beat the team three times? How challenging is that? But you're playing the
0: total, so let's roll it into that. What I'm doing here is the first two games were low scoring. And each time they've adjusted. And they've adjusted the total down. These teams know each other well. And if you go back to last week's game and looked at the start of that game in the first quarter, Dallas took the 7 nothing lead. Philadelphia had a chance to tie that to in answer. the first quarter. They um, McNabb missed a guy wide open for a touchdown. He overthrew him, and on the same drive, he had a guy wide open. He hits in the hands, and he drops it. If they score there, it changes the complexion of the game. When you get into a game, you get into the ebb and flow. And if you get two quick scores in a game, suddenly the whole chemistry of that game changes. When they moved to the second half and Dallas had the commanding lead, Philadelphia quit. Pure and simple. What I saw with my eyes watching the game, Philadelphia quit. All in right, the so second let me half. jump in.
1: What you're saying there makes some sense. If you're saying Philly quit in the second half, that's the fact they didn't score. Makes sense. Okay, but if you're saying that when a team gets shut out. That that the one drop pass is the reason there was another fifty nine and a half minutes to that game. So and again I think it's important that that and again Marco's one of the most winning handicappers I know, but. I think batters always talk themselves into when they win a game, no matter what, oh, right, yeah, right. the right handicap. The right handicap. And when I lose a game, no matter what, it's like, well, if only they would have. I know the total was 60 and they scored 15 points, but if only they would have caught that one pass, we might have been over. I think that's dangerous. Are you really saying that you think that this Philly offense is well-suited against this Dallas defense? I, I do think they are. They know this team. They're going to come out. But when you say they know this team, and I'm sorry to interrupt, up. Isn't handicapping 101 that when teams are familiar, it benefits the defense? That's why totals in interdivisional games are usually lower. lower. Yeah, and in 60 minutes, Philly only
2: managed 16 points against this team. I mean, in 120 minutes of football, whatever, football.
0: Why, did, why don't they bring this down to the 42 or the 43 number? You still have it at 45. You have it over a couple key numbers for the total. Now,
2: I was surprised it was this high, to tell you the truth, because this Dallas defense, two straight shutouts, you know, they're aver- They're allowing five-point-something points a game the last couple games. No, you-
1: oh, I'm sorry. Guys. No, no, so I was a little surprised it came out that high. But, you know... You're making a great point. Is And we talked about this in segment one. Is the fair line in this game to split the action on the total would seem to be lower than it is. So you're saying... And that's a very valid handicap. You're saying, I think last week was somewhat deceiving... Mm -hmm. And I think the fact that they're coming out with this total of 45 tells me the public's going to bet the under, which is what the Sportsbook wants by putting out this 45. I am combining that with the deceptive result last week and going over. Absolutely.
2: Yeah, I, and that, that makes sense. It to does me. to me too because I mean Dallas has gone over under seven of their last eight, so I mean all the trends point to another low-scoring game. And yet, why throw out a 45? So obviously the odds makers are thinking that we might see some scoring here as well. And
1: there's no reason. And that's always the distinction: is sometimes a number can be off, but there's a reason, and you can take advantage of it. There's there's no reason for this number to be 45. Thus, you think it's the books taking a position, Absolutely. which is valid. And the only reason I'm drilling down on what you're saying is I just want to make sure when we rationalize these games that we stick with stuff because those two points are enough for me to kind of like what you're saying. But the idea that interdivisional teams knowing each other somehow lends it towards and over, that, that doesn't make sense. No, you know, I, as long as Philly comes out and realizes the only way they're going to Beat
2: Dallas or even score with Dallas is throw the ball. They're not going to run on this defense. Forget point, it. They yeah. tried that. They have not been able to do it. It's not going to work this time. So they got to come out and throw the ball. That's the only place that you could do something against this Dallas defense. So I think we're going to you're going to get clock benefit
1: there. Now you you spent your life in Philly prior yes. to moving to Vegas yes. ten years ago. You had a game of the month on Dallas last, last week. week. You got a good feel for this game in sixty seconds. Tell us some key points. I, I like Dallas. I'll tell you the truth. I, I'm not. Sure Sure, if I'm
2: ready to lay the four yet. I was hoping it would come out again at three, and again I would have laid Dallas. Not afraid of the three times. I just think this team, after they beat New Orleans, is walking around with a different swagger. They went into New Orleans and won, they went into Washington and won, and last week they beat Philly, who was very motivated. So this Dallas team to me looks like they're just walking around with a different swagger than they were early in the season, and you need momentum. To go somewhere in the playoffs, and no one has momentum like this Dallas team does in the NFC.
1: I think. Now we got Dallas hasn't won a playoff game in over a decade. Correct. Philly's never lost first round. Is that concerning you? No, I, I, because or lost for a long time. Yeah,
2: I think they have just a lot of advantages here. Dallas playing at home, the surface. Philly's only played on this kind of surface one
1: other time this entire year when they came to Dallas. And then so, our, in our prep, real quick, and then we got to close. is you mentioned that. In the oddsmakers poll, Philly had played four teams at the time that were ranked in the, ranked top, in the 10. top ten, and, and they're zero and four straight up against them. Where Dallas is three and two against teams ranked in the top ten when they played them at the time. That's gonna be the final word. Good stuff. Okay, next up is we're gonna have New England Baltimore big game preview. This is segment three of five this week. Baltimore New England. Vegas runner, tell us about the line. Okay, interesting move
2: here. New England opened up as a three-and-a-half-point home favorite with a total of 43. It sat there for about four or five hours, and all of a sudden it went up to four. That's where it closed at the end of the day. The next day, Wise Guys came in and started taking Baltimore, and as of today... Taking we're, New England, you mean? No, taking the dog at plus oh. four. Okay. And today we're seeing New England minus, three,
1: minus twenty with a total 43 okay wow this is interesting because i tell you this right now is i don't know what i was looking at i I glanced at this line and saw like a six yeah and i swear i mean i must have misread it and i was thinking man i like new england but that's just too too much (laughs) now a three well i would have made this five no i had my free pick on cincy i love it but man i think that's short i like new england i do too uh, you got your free pick yeah. on this game. Yes, I do. All right, so, all right, before we get that, well, why don't, you've kind of hinted at it. Yeah, give let me us, get to the bottom the line. Give 90 seconds. Uh, bottom line, this New England team doesn't lose at home. They're
2: 8-0 at home this year. They're 23-3 and straight up at home over the last three seasons, so it's very hard to beat this team at home. Um, I, I think I give the edge to Belichick that they played earlier in the season, even though if, that pass didn't get dropped. They had a chance to go in and possibly beat New England. I just don't have enough confidence in Flacco on the road. He's had a great season, but I think it's just too hard to go into New England and win. And getting a chance to lay three at minus 120, I think, is great value. Looking at the strength of schedule, something I always do in playoffs and bowl games, New England's played the fifth toughest schedule. And during the season, when they played a team that was in the top ten in the oddsmakers poll... They did go 2-3 and three against them, which isn't good. But on the flip side, Baltimore had the 17th toughest schedule and went 1-4 against teams that were ranked in the top 10 at the time. So I really think this Baltimore team is weak and at 3-5 on the road. That one win was against the Steelers? The Steelers, exactly. With like a third string quarterback. Exactly. And they're 3-5 on the road, which doesn't look good going in against a New England team, like I said, that just dominates
1: at home. I like New England even without Wes Welker. Now, and, and that is an X factor for sure. You make a good point, though. Belichick is renowned to do very well against inexperienced quarterbacks. Yeah. Now, you know, against Big Ben, he did, it, you know, a few years ago in that that championship game. Now, you might say Flacco and his second year, he's 32 games in or some variation of that, or even more in the playoffs. My point is, this Flacco's been protected to th- to this day, been protected. I was shocked in that Steeler game a couple weeks ago when they were running draws on third and mm-hmm. 12 against a Steeler team, to be honest, whose defense is certainly above average, but not a great, great defense. So the question is though he's got 30 plus games under his belt, if he's not thrown on third and 12, then my most of the time or a lot of the time, or especially against good teams, is does he really have two years of experience or is he handing the ball off a Exactly, lot? and that's what it is. I think Belichick's going to devise the perfect plan to
2: stop Ray Rice and force Flacco to have to beat them, and I don't see that happening.
1: And we're at three, forgetting the Jews for a minute, because it's not that much, at 120, is we're saying these teams are even with New England's home field. Exactly. I see value in New England myself. Marco, what jumps out well, of you? Well,
0: what jumps out to me is you, you, this conversation's all been about Flacco. Blacko and the perception is that he has had a good year the thing is they've only scored in the last nine games only twice if they scored more than 20, 21 points and that was against Detroit and Chicago two of the worst defenses in the league Chicago just fired their defensive coordinator uh, that's a big point the first meeting, I think people are going to go back to that. The Chicago,
1: Chicago Fire, their, I think they fired their offensive coordinator, but they're taking the play, uh, defensive play-calling duties away from Levy Smith. Okay. Okay. Who, he was D.C.
0: But there was a transition on D for sure. Right. Uh, the other point that I wanted to make is in this first meeting, although Baltimore lost, and we talk about that drop pass that they could have won the game, Baltimore caught New England by surprise yeah. in that game. Flacco threw 47 passes against New England they weren't ready for that. He throws more than 35 passes this week, they lose. They're not they're they're going to be prepared better this time around for Baltimore. And this
2: Baltimore team, three times they've had chance to get revenge this year. They've only been able to win one of them and they never covered. So and I, it doesn't look to me like they're able to make the correct adjustments and then. So come they're own three ATS and revenge spots. Yeah, and one and two straight up. So that tells me their adjustments haven't gotten the job done, and I don't think they're going to have the adjustments to get the job done against Belichick.
0: And going back to those forty-seven passes, it wasn't like that was a lopsided game, no, yeah. and that you know Baltimore had, had to, to throw pass, that many. Yeah. That was their game plan for whatever reason, and it did catch New England by surprise. So
1: the X factor is, is, is Welker, clearly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, now they could
2: concentrate on Moss a little more, put a little more double coverage there, I think. So what would the,
1: uh, what's he worth, a point, point and a half? That's what it looks like. All right, so uh, what, if someone says, hey, I like New England at three, except for Welker being out, what's your response to that? I think because of the Welker
2: being out, we're now getting line value. Because I don't think he's th- I, uh, yeah, he is leading the team I think in yardage this year, but I think he could put someone in that spot that could get the job done for this. See, I'm not sure Brady. I
1: agree with that i i, I think i mean and- he's a great
2: receiver, so I mean you're not going to replace him. I'm not saying you're going to replace him, but I don't think he's worth a point and a half two points.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I'm a fan of Bill Simmons, the ESPN guy, and he's a huge Patriots fan, and you know he's been preaching this year that the Welker is the MVP of this team, yeah. uh, you know even more so than Brady. I think it's a huge loss. I think what makes me like your pick here, though, is the fact that Belichick is so qualified to come up with an alternative plan. And it is a huge loss, but there's other ways to win. I mean, he who knows? Brady. Not that it's going to happen, but New England might come out in a single wing. I mean, you just never know what Belichick's going to And it's not like Brady, you know, one of them type of quarterback-receiver
2: combinations where he just goes, throws it as far as he can, and this guy's such a great receiver, he gets under it. Brady delivers the ball to him, and he's a possession-type receiver, and that's where I think they'll be able to fit someone in to, to be able to take a little of the weight off of
1: Randy Moss. Would you rather? This is an interesting question, and I'll ask both of you. I'll start with you, Marco. Would you? You have a lean towards New England then? I lean to New England in the game. Yes. And, and we're taping on Wednesday, but if you could lay three without Welker or four and a half with him, what would you do? If you had to play New England, I would take the New England in the three. So you you think this adjustment, if we're assuming a point and a half of Welker, is a little much? It is, especially remember. All points aren't created equal. Coming down to three exactly. is a huge adjustment. Myself,
2: I'd definitely rather lay the three minus 120 without Welker. Um, for sure, no, no doubt there at all. I, you know, I, I don't think he's worth, as like I said before, I just don't think he's worth that many points. And more importantly, I think him being out gets the team a little more motivated to bring their A game. You're going to bring it anyway in is the playoffs. Is there a flip side to that, though? But I think it's like now we really got to show up. We're missing our main VP.
1: Which is one of your theories, which is always the first game after big injury. Right. There's a H- Herculean effort. But is there a flip side? The fact that he got beat in a borderline meaningless game, game right. or, or the, not the fact he got beat, but he got injured, is that going to cause psychological problems
0: saying, Jesus, we were in? so close, why was he in? Well, I actually was going to say when you said the word motivation, let it be known, just like you said, New England did play to win last week. They had something to gain, but it wasn't life and death gain. And they still played to win, and I like that. And the injury to Walker was a non-con- non-contact injury. I
1: think he's talking about Wes Walker from, from, back <laughs> Herschel. from,
0: from the Jets oh, back in the 80s, right? Herschel Walker. Either way, it was a non-contact injury. He just blew his knee out. It could have happened in practice. Marco's going to be great because he doesn't
1: pronounce words particularly well at, at his age. Imagine in his 60s the way he's going to be mispronouncing stuff. I'll still be picking winners, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that matters. You'll be like De Niro at the end of the casino with the big, thick bottleneck on the glasses. Yeah. All right, good stuff. Next up is our... Uh, another big game preview is the Green Bay-Arizona game on Sunday. For free, real-time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. This is segment four of five, big game preview. Green Bay Packers at Arizona... Vegas runner, tell us about the line in this game.
2: Extremely uh, interesting line move, so bear with me. The game opened up Arizona as a two-and-a-half-point home favorite with a total of 48-and-a-half. Within 30 minutes, it went to three, okay? And that's where it stayed. Two days later, with word of Cromarty, questionable, who leads the team in interceptions, Bolden, questionable, Right away, that line dropped to one and a half, and that's where it stayed now. So we're looking at Arizona as a one and a half point favorite, and the total dropped from 48 and a half down to 47.
1: Now we're taping on Wednesday. What's the what's the sense injury-wise <laughs> on those two? I, d- questionable. Uh,
2: Bolden, they're saying, should be able to play. Cromartie, they haven't
1: released Yeah. Typically questionable, and again, different teams do this a little differently. Questionable plays, if I'm not mistaken, 75% yeah, of the time. Yeah, yeah. I, but then you got to ask yourself if a, if an injured player is is hindered, unless they're one of the best players in the league, they're only going to be you know ten percent better or whatever than their second string guy. If they're ten percent worse because of the injury, what's the difference?
2: And, and and this is your you know one of your stars on offense and one of your stars on defense. So I think that's why they they grabbed the three. But I also think it was to get ahead of the market because I think the books are going to need Arizona come Sunday. This Green Bay team's playing so well right now
1: yeah but you could see the them getting ahead of the market betting off the three right but at two and a half no, the you yeah know, the, that the point, move to one le- and a half i think that's, that's the, legitimate. yeah exactly because w- where's the middle gonna be there exactly all right marco is a hand now we actually don't have a free pick on this we've already given our three official free picks on the prior videos which you can check out at pregame.tv but we can talk leans we can talk handicapping concepts what jumps out at you on this game
0: Let's talk giving away your money. Yeah, we,
1: and then before the <laughs> end, we're going to give away a $10 coupon, because when we don't have a free pick, we give away a coupon. But let's get some facts out there first.
0: Well, first of all, my I have one question you guys can answer. it. Try to answer it. Why did Green Bay keep their foot on the gas the whole game last week? Okay.
2: I'm going to tell you why. Because they wanted to keep this momentum. This te- uh, uh, that's, that's the explanation. I dug into this because they irritated the Arizona side. And mm-hmm. Green Bay had to think a little ahead because it's not like you beat them soundly and then they come to your place. Green Bay has to go back there again. So they know it's going to be even more hostility because of what they did. But the reasoning was this team's in such a rhythm. They've won seven of their last eight with the only loss to Pittsburgh by one point, and you remember how that game happened, that he did not want to wreck anything, any of their momentum. So the reason he came out in the second half with the foot on the gas was so they play that way
0: throughout the end of the season and into the playoffs. That's the excuse. Now, I mean, you, you hit the point. This team's really a one miracle play away from an eight-game winning streak. They're, they're playing well. I have a thing here, and you've heard me use this, handicapping theory many times during the course of the season. I'm pulling out the teaser handicap in this game. There's going to be so many teasers with Green Bay in them. Oh, yeah, up over a touchdown? That's going to be the biggest play teaser. And if you look at all the games on the weekend, and I always try to do when you have... Games that are similar, lines and so right, forth. Right. What games are they going to tie up? Which ones look the easiest with the lines in it? And there, to me, there is no question. The easiest dog on the card this week is the Green Bay Packers of the four on a, and, on a teaser dog. Or? On period, just period, dog wise. And now you tease them and get an extra oh, seven. Well, that's the thing. Well, first of all, most
1: people tease six points. Second of all, I mean that's the standard two-team minus one ten. The seven-point teas, they're they're charging premium juice, so it's not as as smart of as a bet. That's why the six-point basic strategy teas goes through three and through seven, right. and you can do that from upwards of two and a half to. One and a half. When it goes to one, you can't get through seven anymore. And on the other side, you've got seven and a half, eight, eight and a half. When it gets to nine, you can't get through three coming down. So my question is this, though, is they might be the best underdog because they're barely an underdog. It's a pick, you know, borderline pick and game. Where in the other cases, you've got, well, you know, I guess with the Jets, you've got two and a half, but then you've got three, uh, et cetera. So I, and I guess my question is if the line opens up a three, or so you know it was like you said two and a half went up to three, is clearly you can tease up to nine at that point. The fact that it's moved two points in this direction towards the Green Bay side, it, you're still able to get through seven. But does that make it any more appealing than it was at three? And go like like why is this more appealing
0: than Baltimore getting nine and a half or nine nine and a half? Because in the Baltimore game. And in the jet game, I think people believe that they could get blown out. And
2: they are they are legitimate dog. Where in this game, I wouldn't be surprised if Green Bay went off minus one. Would anyone be shocked if Green Bay became the favorite? Which would be ironic
0: because if you remember, twice during the season. There were games in which I used Green Bay as free picks on, on the show in both of them where they started the game out as a favorite and ended up being a dog right. at home when Green Bay wasn't getting the respect. Now they're the darling. I yeah, mean, Green, I mean, they, they covered 11
1: games this year. <laughs> right, well, so we got three minutes or so left. Is, all right, let's say you're right that that's the most attractive tease.
0: What does that mean to you? To me, I'm the, if I look at this game... I'm going to lean to Arizona in this game because Green Bay does look too easy to me. The way they're playing, they've only been uh, straight bet, straight bet. If they look that good on a tease, that's that sets up me for the straight bet, because I know people are going to fall in love with Green Bay. So you're saying then, to keep with the continuation of the
1: concepts that we've been laying out on today's podcast, is you're saying the fair line, the line that splits
0: the action, is actually Green Bay as a favorite? No. We're saying... The fair line. Anything here that has Green Bay getting points, points. is is, is going to split the action. It's. I think it's going to bring the action in into. That's Green what Bay. I'm saying. Is if you want it, you're saying it looks really appealing to play Green
1: Bay at plus one and a half or something, which means you think if you move the line, let's say to Green Bay minus
0: one, that would split the action. Yeah, I I don't like making them a favorite. I think that the public, if, but if, they're, really not, if they're not gonna to be, it, if they're not going to be a favorite, then getting one can't look that appealing. It can't. But you could put the game at pick See, I and, thought and they, let the public make a my, make a decision. I, I, I'll tell you the truth. I did make Green Bay a one-point
2: favorite. I thought out of all the the wild card games that this would be the only home dog, and we we get that once in a while home dog in the wild card round. And I thought they were going to do that because. Uh, as a ex-bookmaker, I could tell you right now all the money's going to be on Green Bay Sunday. Not saying that they're not going to cover. The money's
1: going to be on Green Bay. Why did it open up at 3? I don't I, that's what I can't understand. That that that's the, what so you You're saying so of- so that lends it into if you think that the game should be picked, to split the action, and they open up at 3, there's either a huge power ranking disagreement going on here. Or they've been begging, they want Green Bay money.
2: Yeah, but that, that's what doesn't make sense. Right? That's how I look at it. They it want, just don't make sense because Arizona is 4-4 four four at home. So they haven't been, no reason that this team, you know, you say they're a home team, give them extra three points. I just, this line doesn't make sense to me. The value looks like it's on Green Bay right
1: now. But, which which might make you leery thinking the book wants Green Bay maybe like Arizona exactly and that's why a little more handy complicated can game yeah. all right you got forty five seconds Mario give away ten dollars
0: all right it's Wild Card weekend so we're gonna make the coupon Wild Card all one word ten Wild Card in the number 10 all one word the 10 included one word right and you're using the number 10 and that'll get you $10 off just go to pregamepros.com make your selection put your selections in your shopping cart and then just enter that coupon code and you'll get $10 off and yes if it's only $10 $10 off they get it free
1: that's great stuff. All right, so good stuff here. No official free pick on this one. $10 coupon. I think this is the kind of game that the conversation at pregameforms.com talking about these line moves. This is a sophisticated game, and I'm going to be interested to see how the line moves when we get to game day when it's a majority of the, yeah, the public this, this is the kind action.
2: of game you take a big position on because when you do finally figure it out, I think you're going to end up
1: with a lot of value. All right, good stuff. Okay, this was our fourth of fifth segment. In our fifth segment, we got a special behind-the-scenes at Pregame.com story about Marco. Okay, welcome to a special behind-the-scenes at Pregame.com video. This is our second in a series where we give you, we pull back the curtain and give you a sense what it would be like to work in the Pregame.com offices, to live in Las Vegas, and run with these guys. And... By happenstance, the first video was about Marco, and the second video is about Marco. Now, this is one that we hadn't planned, and, but it just happened. And sometimes when opportunity knocks, you have to answer. You gotta answer the door. All right, now Marco, you're not gonna be saying a lot in this video, but the beauty is the camera's gonna catch your reaction. <laughs> So we were at the M on Monday. Enjoying a, a nice bowl game, the Fiesta Bowl, and all of us had the under in that game. All right, Monday. so we're at the M, us three and uh, Steven Nova, a friend of ours, a, a professional batter here in Vegas, and we played in a poker, poker. tournament. And I'll just make this a quick statement. is we, <laughs> is uh, There was four people played, and let's just say I was the last one. Uh, alive. So we'll just let that be what it is.
0: Let it also be known that he made the final table with the biggest chip stack and made the quickest exit out.
1: Steven kept saying, We're hungry, we're hungry. So like, I, went, loosen up. Yeah, I went three straight all ins and lost all three on Cliff. So. But either way, the, the, I won the last longest bat. So we go to the buffet and it's closed. But we actually have them call the poker manager and say, these guys just played in a tournament, and let them in, because it was just closing. So they actually did. We got lucky there. We got sat down, and here's the thing, and, and you can think about this. Marco was concerned about the amount of time to eat and and, and whether everything would be available because what happens at the end of the buffet <laughs> when they is, run out of things they, they're they, not going to put out more pasta and marinara yeah. they say tomorrow <laughs> so he so he's stomping around he's it's almost like i don't even it's I mean, it's almost like something in the military, like patrolling the border. He's
2: looking. <laughs> he's, he's taking his rounds, and usually Marco has—he's got like a plan. He he goes through courses. Like if you've ever gone to a gourmet restaurant, let the chef take care of you and do a ten-course. Like a meal. prefix. Yeah, Marco does that when he hits the. But buffet. he planned it himself. Yes, but not that day. He right. knew he was on a time limit. Yeah. So, so he a- wasn't going to go through the soup salad ordeal.
0: He was going straight for First the. First of all, there's no up. salads on Marco's straight buffet. The, he so was going agenda. straight to the big. T- ticket item. Well, I, the, the prime rib was getting a little bit small, and I didn't i
1: didn't know if they had a backup so, one. So he sits down, and he says, first thing he says is, I usually don't do prime rib on plate number one, but I saw that it was running low. <laughs> and then VR looks at him, he looks at his plate, he goes, you're a natural. He goes, it's instinctual the way you are at that buffet. So we didn't think nothing of it. We're eating and enjoying ourselves, having a good conversation. And then it's time for round two, and, and Marco's up, and he's still stomping around, and I'm up there, you know, perusing myself, and lo and behold, you hear Marco's voice ringing out throughout the M Buffet. Because at this time, the restaurant was getting empty. People
2: were gone. There was maybe like five, six tables left. The staff was putting stuff away. The cooks were cleaning up. I mean, they were done. There was only a couple things left that were out, and maybe you could go get coffee. But Marco wasn't done, because he had a plate of crab legs that needed some butter. So after two rounds
1: looking for butter, he found the executive chef. And he's shouting. I mean, and Marco's sort of mild mannered. That's what's But he was because the first cook he asked sent him in the wrong direction. And it, it pissed him off. That's he wasn't be happy. Because so
2: the clock was ticking. So the finding, butter was
0: on the other side of the buffet, away from the crab After legs.
2: finding the head of the kitchen, who was already irate for hearing this guy yelling, the guy looks at him and says, it's that big bucket that says butter.
1: <laughs> so it's like right in front of him, this gigantic bucket, a foot so, away. So Marco sheepishly looks down, and I'm not sure. And you can answer: Did you get an extra amount of butter? Yeah, he be- took the
2: big bowl. Did you get an enough. extra amount?
1: Just almost like to say, "I w- this butter is mine. I deserve it. It's I like need planting it. the flag, you know. when you- uh, And you know, he did that because I'm telling you, I was wa- I-, I caught the- I was right at the side. By there. the way, the funny part hasn't
2: started. Yet. R.J. already had gone to the table, and I was upset. Set because I didn't like anything there. I was very disappointed. I was already going to do $25 just for dessert. But anyway, I was watching this from the side, and I saw Marco, when he saw where the butter is, like, he lit up and got happy, and he smiled, but the chef didn't smile back. And Marco
1: felt right there a little tense. And then when he was walking back, though, he was mumbling on his breath, you can't eat lobster or crab without butter. Yeah, you can eat butter with lobster. And he was, like, indignant. This, this. All right, so, no, but, listen, this kind of stuff happens all the time with Marco. New. So, it ain't new. So, we didn't think much of it. But then we're eating, and it is late. And, and I look up, and Marco, his head is down. <laughs> he's, like... Hi, and, his, and he's cracking things, and he's eating it with his hands. And, and <laughs> <ding, ding>, you're... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> tick And you look, and it it almost just makes you stop, and almost like sparks flying. And you're in awe of this (laughs) guy. From the fork and knife, there
0: were sparks. You know, when you go to the Japanese restaurants and you got the guys with the hibachi and the. But he's doing it where
1: he, he has it's almost in sequence crack. Cool, dip, eat, wipe, wipe, you know, <laughs> yeah. And in, in his mind, he was already planning
2: a possible third plate. I think that's what... The s- clock was running. That was not a sparked, out of time. That's what sparked the incident. So, so I
1: look down, and I'm averting my eyes. It's a little uncomfortable, to be honest. And then then you hear a clang, and then you hear him go, oh, oh, oh. And you look, and the plate, he was going so fast, he actually did tipped his plate up <laughs> Was like up on himself, and then the butter, the big vat, was pouring down <laughs> on like his slow <laughs> So it's pouring. He's going oh like this, and he doesn't know how to Catch
2: get it a crab leg with one arm. <laughs> Holt trying to get the butter cup
0: with the other,
2: and the plate's on the left.
0: So. Finally, but no food hit the floor. Nothing. No, not a drop. <laughs> nothing. So
1: finally, he gets the plate up, and you look over, and his entire crotch is filled with, with, with hot butter. And I got to tell you something his face was beat right. He knew that there was a video in, in, in that moment.
2: <laughs> Instinctively, without eat, no one saying anything, Both myself and RJ reach for our
1: phones. To take pictures of the pants, because <laughs> we knew the moment would pass. So we've actually captured pictures. So at this point, we're gonna throw the picture up so you can get catch a look of Marco's pants with the butter <laughs> a in disaster. Them. And I gotta tell you, it was uh, I've never seen it before. Uh, did it uh, you couldn't have planned that if you tried? I uh, mean, because you needed to be eating that fast. Only one percent of the population could, could, could eat, do that. Eat first that of fast. all, two, you need someone to get not just a little bit of butter because then it wouldn't amount much. But you need to get a vat above <laughs> Where it's filled in the rim <laughs> Filled to the rim And then you need Someone so oblivious To what's going on That they could get To the point of Tipping on him Before he realizes It's happening Because he was In sock mode I think <laughs> Marco Crack, dip You know We've got 90 seconds well, what's your thoughts Has that ever happened
0: To you before no, that is the first time I ever <laughs> dumped uh, a what, bowl of butter in my lap. Now I, what
1: do you think caused that? Was it karma? Was it panic, <laughs> the late timing
2: of our feeding? I, You guys put me under the gun. I, I thought, I thought I, it was. You know... You don't. Food, you're better without event. that pressure. Like you, you know? need to have time. You, I, I'm telling you, I've gone to a buff, <laughs> Bellagio buffet and I've gone home and, and exactly told my wife, I've never in my life seen anything like it. <laughs> well, I, I've never seen such organization from a human being when he. I'm jealous. I'm envious. I, I wouldn't know how to even approach. When you're the natural. you of natural.
1: Dude, forget about it. I mean, and the final comment I think that really epitomizes the night was he stood up. This didn't stop him. The cat it Even ain't. with the butter and everything. He went up and got two sets of desserts. <laughs> yeah. He's walking around with no problem. He texted ahead to his fiance and said, hey, have the laundry, you know, have the, uh, with the <laughs> washing <laughs> machine ready.
0: <laughs> you ended up having to throw away the pants, right? Yeah, pants did, didn't survive. She gave it a valid effort, but it, it didn't, didn't, didn't make it. When he stood up, though, and he had, uh, I guess you could call it a wet spot all up
1: through <laughs> his legs. The line of the night, and we'll close with it, was I haven't seen Marco like that since his last time at the Spearmint Rhino. All right, that's it for this week. And we'll be back next week with more very important important information just like this. (laughs) See you then.